radioinfluence.com. Why crush it? It's good to see you. You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 10 12 60 with your questions, comments, or smart ass remarks. And welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Kershell, and we are your weekly source for performance information. If you have any questions, comments, smart remarks, you know what to do. Reach out. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is the email. Follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Crush, and on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can search out Crush Performance, and we will hook you up with the world of performance. Well, today, you can tell the sound's a little bit off. We're coming to you remotely. Uh, We've got a remote studio set up, so the sound will be a little bit different today, but bear through it. We've got some big things to talk about um, because you guys have thrown some really good questions at us over the last couple weeks. We've had some fantastic shows uh, this summer so far, and it's really got us thinking. And some of the questions that you guys have sent us um, have have really got us considering things that, you know, we might not have considered otherwise. And I guess that's sort of the job of the show, too, is to get everybody thinking about things that you might not think about. Uh, through all the experts and pros and friends and that we bring on the show, it's uh, some some really good discussions. And you know, listen, if you guys throw us a question uh, that's that's just you know getting us really really thinking, uh, we've dedicated segments, even entire episodes, to your ideas. And if we don't have the answer, I can guarantee to you, we know somebody who does, and we're on a quest to get that answer. So so keep them coming. Again, info crush performance is the email. Well, on location and beautiful. Trail British Columbia, out here visiting some family, and uh, this is an outdoor mecca. It is just beautiful. We came out here to celebrate Canada Day, so happy Canada Day. Belated Canada Day to all our Canadian friends up north, July 1st, and of course July 4th. Big, big weekend down in the States, and rightfully so. Um, Despite the COVID and all the turbulence and everything that's going on down there, celebrate that country. Celebrate that great, great country, you guys. Uh, So we're so proud so proud uh, to have you guys as neighbors. Of course, I'm from Canada, and so many good, good friends down in the U.S. So I hope you guys had a great weekend as well. Well, lots and lots going on, and there's a lot to talk about today. A little shorter version of Crush Performance, but just as important as every other episode, I think. Um, one of the things that's happened over this COVID breakdown, uh, shutdown, is the incredible online sharing. And just over this last week, uh, I've just had a chance to really do some some great video conference calls with high-performance coaches and with other uh, performance experts from around the world. And it's just fantastic. But it's really, really got me thinking about our crush priorities. You know, have we dug deep enough? Now, if you haven't heard the show before, um, I'm going to fill you in right now. But if you, ha- if you have heard the show, if you listen to the show, you guys know what I'm talking about. We have a set of priorities uh, for athlete development and just you know tapping into human potential, period. And up until now, they really haven't been in question. And I'm not saying they are in question, but I am saying, should there be an addition? Should we add in a fifth priority that's critical to really setting the stage for helping people to truly tap into their potential? I'm going to talk about that today because, dang it, I think we're going to have to add a fifth one. 
You know, I've said in the show many times that our four priorities are written in stone until somebody else can convince me that there's something more important or that the the order of our priorities need to be altered. Um, they're going to stay this way. And for the last maybe five, six years, this is how they've stood. They're under question. So we're going to get to that today. But before we get to that, man, do we have to talk about the return of sport? Now we see that there's some minor sports going on, which is great for the kids. We still have to be smart. This COVID thing is far, far, far from over. So we have to proceed with great caution. And I think that's what the pro organizations are trying to do. Um, the return of sport, Major League Baseball, the camps are open. And it's been an interesting weekend for them as four teams have shut down practices and training because of uh, not just positive COVID tests, but testing failures. So, you know, along this road to return to play, the goal is to play 60 games, kicking off July 23rd and 24th. How great would it have been? Again, in hindsight, I hate to do this, but man, oh man, back in May, I was really, really hoping Major League Baseball could get it together with the Players Association to kick off a season, whatever it looks like, on July 4th. Oh, man, what a missed opportunity. It would have been so great for everybody, everybody who loves the game of baseball, but not just baseball fans, everybody, just a little glimmer of normalcy. You know, the Major League Baseball season getting underway July 4th. Ah, well, camps are underway anyway, so let's take that for sure. And they're still aiming for a July 23rd, 24th um, um, opening day. Now, listen, there's going to be hiccups, and here's one of them, testing failures. Listen, they are... Very, very stringent and strict about the testing protocols. They need to happen quick, and they need to happen often. And what's happened here is um, a couple of the tests that have been done uh, have exceeded the 48-hour window, 24 to 48 hours. The teams have to get their testing back, the results back, to make sure everybody's safe. I mean, that's the minimum. And some of the tests were sort of dipping into that 72-hour range, which is just a little too risky for some of the organizations. Good for them. Shut it down, make sure everybody's safe, figure out what went wrong, and let's fix it. And that's what they're doing right now. So there's going to be some hiccups along the way. So, you know, we're kind of hoping for that July 23rd, 24th start. Uh, we hope to see the majority of the players playing. Now, some of them are opting out for very good reasons. Um, whether they have a health issue that puts them at higher risk or they have somebody in their family uh, who's close to them, living with them, that they're close to, might be at risk, a pregnant wife, uh, a parent or a child with a condition. And that's understandable. And they're working through all those issues and rightfully so. It's a new landscape. We've got to adapt and and uh, we respect everybody for making those decisions. So uh, hopefully we'll see most of the players and we'll be praying and hoping for health and safety for those who uh, do not participate. And we'll hope to see them when we get this COVID thing beat, beaten to a pulp. That's the goal. We're not just going to beat this COVID thing. We're going to beat it to a pulp. And on the other side of this, uh, man, is the world going to be prepared for the next pandemic? Whatever it might be, you know, God forbid, whatever it turns out to be, hopefully it's not for a long, long time. But um, collectively, we're going to learn from this. And hopefully we'll all be able to adapt and the next generations will learn from us and it'll just get better and better. Um, we're hoping for baseball. Oh my goodness. We are hoping for baseball. And I don't know if you guys saw the Yankees practice the other day. Um, the comebacker that caught Tanaka square in the head. Scary, scary moment. And I've been through a couple of those with the Blue Jays. I remember Chris Carpenter and Fenway comebacker. Oh my goodness. It is one of the scariest things in sport. 
And if you guys get a chance to uh, see that, uh, share that with your kids just to be aware. Um, he is okay. It sounds like he's going to be okay. We are just praying to the baseball gods that uh, he can return without any without any major damage. But man, is that some scary stuff or what? Now that was at batting practice, live pitching. Um, so you know, I think that uh, everybody's going to learn from that. Speaking of learning from from the mistakes, I, I, they're probably going to have to go back to having the pitchers behind screens, at least in practice. Live BP is great, and I, I think it's such a good idea, but that's one of the major risks, but he's okay. Whoo, scary, scary stuff. So um, baseball's moving onwards. Uh, it looks like uh, if we go back to the testing that was done in early July, 38 players tested positive so far. Well, that's about uh, 1.2%. I think they did with players and staff and everybody involved. Uh, over 3,000 tests were done in early uh, early July, sorry, um, and uh, 38 players have now tested positive. So that's one of the reasons they want to get this testing done, get it done often, and get those results back as soon as humanly possible. Because uh, if there's a positive test, then you've got to make sure that that person is isolated and everybody else is okay. So that's going to be a critical part. We'll watch with great interest and uh, hope that they can get it done safely. In the NHL, more exciting news coming out of the sporting world. Of course, you know, we see soccer. In Europe, and Europe's done a really good job. Italy especially. You know, they were one of the hardest hit areas when it came to the COVID. They literally, it was basically house quarantine. You could not go out on the streets unless you had a special permission slip or however they did it. Um, but, you know, they're doing really, really well. We spoke to some of our good friends from Italy here this last week. And um, their their COVID curve is under total control. So they're starting to ease back into things. You know, we're seeing European soccer starting out on the Pacific Rim. There's baseball going already. So we know it can be done. Now we just got to do it safely. And the NHL, exciting, exciting news, especially for our good friends up in Canada. Toronto and Edmonton named the hub cities for the NHL. And I think this is great. Um, they were talking, I think Vegas was a major city in the running. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I want to say Tampa might have been in the early running, but I, I think they sort of bowed out. But for whatever reason, um, Edmonton and Toronto uh, get the nod. So the American players are going to come north of the border. Uh, great, great facilities. Two beautiful cities. There's no question about it. And hockey madness will begin, hopefully here, uh, without major setbacks. Now, of course, they're going to set it up. The top 24 teams, they're calling the regular season a done deal. So the top 24 seasons or top 24 teams where the season ended will be split into two divisions. And away they go in a playoff. They'll have half the teams out in Edmonton, half the teams out in East in Toronto, and they're going to battle for a Stanley Cup, probably with an asterisk, I would say, but it's going to be a Stanley Cup win regardless. So we'll see how that goes. Now, in the NHL, looking at the early testing, there's been uh, 35 players who have tested positive since they've uh, started going through all the staff. Uh, 396 players tested so far. 35 have tested positive. I think it was the St. Louis Blues who shut down their training facility the other day because of a couple of positive tests. And this is the landscape right now. So you're going to have to really, really proceed with caution. But um, let's see if they can do it. I'm hoping for the very best. And, you know, the NBA, we're watching carefully. And, of course, the NFL and college football. You know, would it be bad if college football left it off till the spring? Would it be bad if the NFL pushed back their season or looked at a condensed season? It sounds like there's a couple of major breakthroughs in the works uh, in dealing with COVID, whether it's a vaccine or medicine that helps with the symptoms. Um, we'll follow that closely. But 
Um, again, just proceed with caution and, of course, with minor sports and all the kids out there, just stay sharp. There's so many things you guys can do. We've been working on that and talking about it on the show here as much as we possibly can and uh, through our uh, social media. Staying sharp during the shutdown. This is a massive, massive opportunity to get better because, listen, sport will return. And when it does, are you going to be ready? Man, I'm challenging everybody just to not just be ready, but be so much better than you were before. And of course, our side of the game is athlete development. Developing incredible, well-rounded, adaptable athletes so the coaches can work their magic in developing adaptable, coachable, high-performance players. And when I say high-performance, this is for everybody. And it's not limited to sport. We could talk about the same strategies in music, in academics, in business. I mean, there's when it comes to human performance, there's so many common threads. The only time it really starts getting specialized is when you start addressing the specific needs for the demands of a sport. And that's where the specialized training comes in and the focus on the player. That would be like batting and, you know, pitching bullpens in baseball. It'd be like, you know, working with the position players or special teams in football, right? Uh, in soccer or in hockey, you know, working the different systems, position by position, positioning and team play strategies, technical and tactical work that we all know about. And we're good at this stuff, everybody. We know about it, all right? We know about faster, higher, stronger. We know about technical, tactical work. We also are getting really, really good at long-term development. And that brings us... To the big conversation for the day, I've been on a couple really big and quite fun um, virtual, I guess, calls, conferences, or seminars, I guess they would be, with high-performance coaches and other performance experts from around the world. And man, has it got me thinking. And if you guys go back to this last week, uh, one of the big things that's really got me going on, on this was our conversations with Dr. Jacques Delaire of Performance Prime, and the last conversation we had with our good friend Jim Fannin. Those are two all-time crush favorites. And and listen, when we talk about the mental game um, right now in the landscape, these are two of the world's leading thinkers when it comes to the mental game and just a performance approach when it comes to life in general, right? And both uh, Jim and Dr. Dallaire work in all aspects of human performance from the military to business to certainly sports. And it's really cool to see the common threads and and the things that they say, but this is my conundrum. Okay. For everybody who's listened to the show, you've heard this before. So bear with me, but, but stick around because I would like to get your opinion. This is where we're going to work as a collective because I I want your advice here, everybody for the last, I'm going to say five to six years, maybe even a bit longer, but five to six years for sure. Um, We've had four major priorities. Before that, um, we had three, all right? And just because I wasn't quite there yet for, you know, as you develop in your profession and you learn more and and you start honing your skills like everybody else, that's kind of what's happened to me over my career as well. And I've just been had it. I've been lucky. Oh, my goodness. So lucky to have the pathway that I've had and have the people around me and access to the people that I've had exposure to. Oh, my goodness. Um, But, uh, you know, up, up to five or six years ago, we had three major priorities in helping players optimize their state so they could reach their potential, their current state, their current status, their current level of physical readiness 
their current levels of not just physical but readiness, period. And we started our three off. It was nutrition, hydration, posture, range of motion, and movement. Those were our three for the longest time. And then, you know, about 10 years ago, I started really, you know, getting into, okay, we can go farther. We can do much, much more. What's holding us back? Well, levels of readiness were holding us back. Nutrition and hydration is great, but it's only a small piece of the puzzle. Posture and range of motion are absolutely critical. Don't let anybody ever tell you anything else. If those two things are not addressed, you cannot perform at your potential, and you're potentially at higher risk for injury, right? So nutrition, hydration, posture, range of motion, and then movement. I've, from day one, been movement. Movement before everything. I don't care about hitting. I don't care about kicking a ball. I don't care about running and catching until you have a good mover. I do not care about your strength. And I do. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm sort of, I'm just saying in terms of priorities. Um, movement before strength for sure. The only reason we ever put an athlete into the weight room is to align posture, create symmetry, functional range of motion, and then to develop targeted, strategic strength and power to help you become a better mover. What happens when you train strength too soon or you train strength with the priority above becoming a good mover? Well, you get a really strong individual who can't move. And that might be okay in certain instances for certain tasks. You know, that might be okay because there's a few things out there where you really don't have to be a good mover. You just need to be strong as an ox. But for the majority of sport and life in general, I'm just telling you, um, if you're truly going to help an athlete tap into their potential, you have to be a good mover first. Now, what happens when you take a person who's a competent, good mover and you make them strong? Well, now you've raised the ceiling of potential, all right? And this is where uh, the story ran for almost a decade, 10 years. Those were our main focus. Now, we're always, we're always working. There's, if you look at our foundations of development, I think we've really identified up to 20 key areas that need to be addressed, and they, they can be broken down into subcategories as well. It can go deep. You can go down that rabbit hole. But we're just saying from a starting point, if you don't have nutrition and hydration, nothing else really matters. If your posture and range of motion aren't aren't functioning right and aren't set up right, man, you just really can't reach your potential. And then if you don't move well, well, you're really at a deficit. So those were kind of our priorities. But then I started thinking, okay, in order to get the most out of those, nutrition and hydration are great, but only if you're ready, if you're ready to perform. And what's the most important factor in human performance in terms of levels of readiness is how well you're recovered. And that's why the supercompensation model for me is one of the most important models in all of sport. And and trust me, I've had <laughs> I've had medical directors and rehab directors say, "Oh no, no, it's too simple, Jeff. You can't you can't just stop there." I'm not stopping there. That's where I freaking start because you have to. You know, everybody gets so caught up in doing so much so soon that they sometimes miss the real raw, raw simplicity of starting down a path. And that's what that book, The Performance Plan, was all about. If my book that we launched a couple of years, and again, yes, I'm working on that audiobook. The audiobook's much harder than I thought it was going to be. I thought we'd have it pumped out and ready like over a year ago. Um, but there's, it, it's a little more, little more difficult, but it's coming. The audiobook's coming. But that was the premise behind The Performance Plan. Just strategies. Where do you start? And that super compensation model, in all its simplicity, 
is one of the most important models in, in human development, in my opinion. And once you get that down, you can add in the fatigue factor. You can add in the technical tactical work. You can add in all the other parameters, but you have to start with that. And again, that's one of the things that nobody's been able to, 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 to move me on. Um, and until somebody does, and I'm open to it, if somebody can show me why that model isn't the place to start, I'm all over it. So, of course, we're developing, we're learning, we're thinking, how can we help our athletes and our, our clients perform even higher? Well, listen, of course, if you've listened to the show even back to you know 15 years ago, 15, 16 years ago when Crush Performance Radio started, you will know that we are and always have been huge, huge proponents of the sleep factor. I think that, you know, our time with the Blue Jays, we were one of the first teams, I believe, it'd be great to hear from the other strength guys at that time, um, to really focus on sleep patterns and helping our guys sleep better in terms of bedding and topping and pillows and um, 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 toppers. Uh, temperature-controlled um, um, environments and, and uh, sleeping surfaces. We were starting that, man, back in the 90s, for crying out loud. Now, there's a whole industry that revolves around sleep, and the research is uncanny. Sherry Ma, of course, uh, from Stanford University and all the, the, the people there in the sleep science department, and, of course, our good, good friends at the Center for Sleep and Human Performance, Dr. Charles Samuels, uh, they're just really, really guiding us along the sleep stuff. They are the true go-to people for crush performance when it comes to sleep and its impact on human performance across the board. So right now, the way the priorities for crush performance sit, it's rest and recovery and sleep. Sleep is king. Rest and recovery is the most important factor because everything has to be built off. Absolutely everything you do has to be programmed around your rest and recovery. What's typically happening out there, unfortunately, is we look at the time frame that we have, 24 hours in a day. Uh, we're in a competitive season, so we have pregame practice, and we have a comp competition at some point during the week, and we have our days laid out. And um, unfortunately, the approach is to pack in as much work as possible to be time efficient, which is, which is okay, but it's really counterproductive in the end, especially if you're not addressing the need for recovery. Every single performance program out there should be built around the amount and the quality of recovery the athletes are getting or can get. Are they working part-time jobs? Do they have school? Are they professional athletes and their entire job is just to recover and be at the highest level of readiness for the next practice or competition? And are you doing the right things in the meantime, in between time to help them recover? Because the recovery strategy that you use is critical. Gary Rinal and the guys from Mark Pro um, are just great, great guys to talk to, great people to talk to. Because they're really, really trying to push the envelope and helping people recover. So all this stuff's going on. So right now, the way it sits in Crush Performance, in our uh, priorities for performance in every program that we build, if these four things are not addressed, we don't move forward. Sleep, number one, and in the top priority, rest, recovery, sleep. Nutrition, hydration, posture, range of motion, movement. Okay, now here's where it goes. Here's where everybody um, gets involved. Because, man, I, I would, if you guys could just drop me a line. And I really like your opinion. If you're thinking about this, um, do you agree with those four for starters? Are they in the right order? Rest, recovery, sleep. Sleep is number one. By all. Nothing else matters if you're not sleeping well. Now, I'm not saying you can't miss a day 
or miss a night, bad night, but it just has to be programmed. It has to be the number one priority. If you're not sleeping well, you cannot perform well, period. It's not possible. Nutrition, hydration, posture, range of motion, then teach movement. Movement, fundamental movement skills. A conversation for another day runs deep, but movement skills that are going to help and aid an athlete become a great player, whether it's swinging a bat, tennis racket, golf club, running a route, or receiving a pass, okay? Um, you have to be a great mover. So over this last couple of weeks, we've had two all-time crush performance favorites on, Dr. Jacques Delaire and Jim Fannin, as I mentioned. And after some of the comments that you guys threw us after those shows, man, oh man, did I start reevaluating here. And this is actually very exciting for me because for the first time in six or seven years, I'm actually thinking that we might need to consider um, altering our priorities for human performance and the mental game. Okay, It's always been there. It's part of our model. It's always been part of it. It's such an important part of human performance. Um, but in, in our world, of course, we're sort of really focused on the physiological and biochemical, you know, realm, just, you know, that, that type of readiness. Um, but boy, these conversations over, and this COVID thing as well, just talking to our athletes and helping them deal with the stress of not being able to train or even compete. And this last week, the mighty blow, the announcement Major League Baseball made that the minor league season is canceled. Oh, man, thousands and thousands of players sitting there going, boom, the wind is officially out of my sail. Again, our rule here in our programs, you get 90 seconds to feel sad, mad, angry, whatever. You want to go to one of those uh, destroyer rooms. Great idea, by the way. Just a, these smash rooms or whatever they call them. Have you guys seen these things? It's fantastic. I think I'm going to build one in my house um, just to let off some steam. And it's fun as hell, man. You get to go in there and depends what's in the room. They set it up and there's stuff in there. You put on like safety goggles and some, some, some coveralls and you start smashing stuff. <laughs> and I mean it. You go to town and you just destroy so much fun. Actually, you know what? If, if, if the uh, contractors were smart, like, you know, the Renault guys, if those reno guys were smart, what they would do is they would just advertise, hey, um, free smash room uh, on this day at this time. Come one, come all, bring a sledgehammer. <laughs> the demo would go really quick, trust me, especially in our day and age. Oh, man. But um, a good way to let off some steam, but, but some serious stuff, though. I mean, a, a, a professional season being shut down. I know everybody's going through it in all of sport, but the announcement from Major League Baseball, and of course our attachment with with a lot of players involved in that in that sport, uh, man, what a mighty blow! Much like the junior hockey season being shut down, right? Um, or you know the development. I mean, no March Madness. How about those guys? You know, so we've really, really been dealing, of course, with the physical side, but I've never, you know, outside of nine eleven, probably ever had to. I've never experienced such um, anxiety and stress, everybody. Oh, man. And listen, there's not much we can't accomplish. There's not much we can't do um, if we work collectively together. And if, if you're under stress, hey, listen, we've got people who just want to help. They're experts and they care. And we know what everybody's going through. We're going through it too. We really are, man. Crush performance. We're going through it. Our our KP sport drink, man, we work so we work for 16 years trying to find the 
absolute best solution for athlete performance. And and we weren't going to launch a drink if it was just going to be another freaking drink. Just, you know, um, again, that shut down. We launched the baseball drink first. That's a story for another day. But I had some athletes come to me years and years, decades ago, just asking if we're doing everything. And when I started going down the deep dive of, of nutrition and biochemistry, which has always been something that's interested me, um, I just – you know, we had to do something better. And, you know, 16 years later, here it is. We spent two years putting that thing together, getting it ready to launch, networking, boom, boom, boom. This is the year. Boom. No baseball season. Wow. Crushing blow. Absolutely crushing blow. Um, but we will be there when sport returns. Um, take, you guys, take the radio show, for example. I think for the first time ever, we will be off terrestrial radio because the sponsors, there's no sponsors. The money's just not there. I mean, we get it. There's stress going on. And for our athletes, oh, boy, what a tough time. Okay, all I can say and all I've been saying to my family, and I try to, you know, pep talk myself some days as well, is look for ways to get better. Look for ways right now to make a difference and look for ways to improve yourself. That's why I love this online sharing and everything that's going on. But some of the conversations we're having, um, it's tough times out there, okay? Um, And... And the mental side of sport. The mental side's only one piece of that puzzle. Okay, it's a it's a it's a puzzle piece inside of the puzzle of human performance. Because it's not just the mental game, it's the brain game. It's the brain game. So here's what I'm thinking, everybody. And I'd love, I would honestly really appreciate a note, a quick note. Uh, you guys can Get me on Twitter at Jeff Crush. Just send me a message or, or just if you agree or not, because this is going to be a click. I don't, you know, if it was crystal clear, we would have done it. But um, the conversations with Dr. Delaire and Jim Fannin here this last month have really, and Chris Woodward too. Chris Woodward has been, of course, one of my athletes way, way back in the day. Now he's the manager of the Texas Rangers. And uh, that conversation with him, you guys listen, there's a conversation everybody should hear. Um, it's the conversation we had with Chris Woodward a couple months ago, just about the philosophy of athlete development. Oh, he is one of the true new leaders in sport. I'm so proud of him and really, really glad that he was open enough to share what he shared with us on, on the show. Uh, but that's why the Rangers are right now an incredible organization to watch. You know, we're going to see how it works and how, see how they overcome the barriers and make it work. But it got me thinking about, the mental game. It's always been important. Don't get me wrong, guys. Like it's, it's always been important. But I'm thinking now we need to reassess the crush priorities for human performance. Do we add in the brain game? Because it's more than just sports psychology. It's more than just mindfulness. It's about the brain and everything it does. It is mission control of literally everything we do. The body... <laughs> this might be a little abstract out there because I've gotten some mixed mixed uh, um, 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 looks, I guess you could say, uh, and feedback when I talk to my athletes about this. But if you really think about it, your body is just the tool your mind uses to do what you want to do. Whether you're out mountain biking or water skiing or skiing or playing baseball or playing soccer, or volleyball, water polo, basketball, it doesn't matter. Your body's just the tool your brain is going to use to do what you want to do. Riding your bike, right? 
So we try to get the body as fine-tuned and as ready as possible for the task at hand so your brain can accomplish its goals, your goals, right? <laughs> it's kind of a, maybe a funny way to think about it. That's the way I've thought about it for, for decades. Uh, and that's why we're so, so close with all of our mental training coaches. And listen, I came up with oh, Harvey Dorfman, Jim Fannin, Jacques Delaire, so many great influences in my life uh, from, from the mental uh, um, side of sport. But now we've really, in the last 10 years, added in the brain game, okay? Understanding the brain and how it works. I mean, I've always been intrigued. It's one of my most, it's one of my favorite classes in university, neurophysiology, a real deep dive into the brain and how this thing at least works. And we still have, we still have a lot to learn when it comes to the brain, but we're getting there. So let's get to it. We're going to add the brain. It's just a matter of where there will be officially an announcement coming up probably in the early fall of the very latest crush priority for human performance. And it's going to be added in amongst sleep, rest, and recovery, nutrition, hydration, posture, range of motion, and movement. It's going to go there. I'm convinced it has to go there. So here's my question to you. Do you agree? Just on your experience alone. You don't need to be a sports scientist. You don't need to be an, even an elite athlete. Just in your life experiences. Think about this for a second. If you spent more time knowing about understanding and taking care of your brain from a, a chemistry standpoint, but also from the psychology standpoint, the approach, the mindfulness, and all those good things that are happening out there right now, would you have, would you have gotten to another level? Would it have helped the other areas of performance? Right now, in my paper, it's a yes all around. What do you guys think? That's the question of the day. Should we add the brain game? And the brain game is a big one. It's not as simple as sports psychology. It's, it's a much bigger thing than that. But should we add the brain game into the priorities of performance for crush performance? And then we'll break down the brain game. That's the question. I'm thinking right now, yes, yes. And when we look at all those, some of the good work that's going on, all the great work that's going on in sport performance, you know, the Canadians, so proud of those guys. And I'm actually kind of proud to be a little, little teeny-weeny part of this whole thing. But uh, Ishvan Bali in Sport Canada, who started the Long-Term Athlete Development Program, which has now perforated and been adapted and, and, and used by almost every major sporting organization, national sporting organization in the world, because it's right. It's so right. You know, that Long-Term Athlete Development Program, the stages of development and what needs to happen in those stages – you know, we look at it, we've got the physical stuff down, speed, suppleness, flexibility, skill acquisition. There's a period for speed too, there's stamina, and there's a time to develop strength, right? Physical, mental, cognitive, emotional development along the chronological age timeline of, of an athlete's life. There's all those things. And the brain is a big part of that. There are windows of opportunity where things are happening in the brain that if it's like we do with a, the long-term athlete development on the physical side and the technical tactical side, if we teach the right things and have the right experiences at the right time, you can really raise the ceiling of development. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be better right now as a 9-year-old or a 12-year-old or a 16-year-old, but what it does mean 
if you can accomplish, understand, and incorporate this task into how you operate, we're raising the ceiling of potential for you whenever you reach it. And that's different for everybody. The average age for a player breaking into Major League Baseball is right around 23 years of age. Maybe a little bit older for pitchers, but and it might be getting a little bit younger. I don't have the data from the last two years, but we're seeing younger players break in. But we're also seeing older players play later in their careers. So, you know, the average age is right around 23 years of age. So when we get a young baseball player, we start working with a baseball organization, that's what we sort of target to. Not because we're trying to make everybody a professional baseball player, because that's not the goal of a long-term athlete development program. The goal of a long-term development program is to make sure that whatever phase of development you're in, you're having some form of success. And part of that success is failing like crazy, but knowing how to learn and appreciate those failures. If you really, really want to get good at something, you had better learn from your failures just as much as you learn from your successes. And I know this, everybody's talking about this now. And they should be because it's right. Uh, and it seems like common sense, but it's not practiced. It's not practiced out there. We don't do it uh, in, in the collective big picture. But it needs to happen. If we're going to get better, we need to attack these windows of opportunity. And it doesn't mean you need to be the best. It doesn't even mean you need to win. You know, It might mean that you take five steps backwards to eventually take two steps forward. But if the environment isn't set up, where an athlete who's getting frustrated and challenged and, and uh, it's not, if the environment isn't set up for that athlete to, to stay involved and intrigued and understand that those failures mean they're getting better, well, that's going to be hard to keep up that person in sport. And the dropout rates are at an all-time high. How do I know it's, that we're not doing it? Because the dropout rates in 12, 13, 14 age range is at a historical all-time high. Pre-COVID, of course. We don't know what the hell is going to go on now. But up to 70% of youth are dropping out of organized sport. Because it's not fun. It's not fun. We haven't framed failing up as fun. When we teach our kids that failure is fun because you learn from it and get better from it, it's okay. I think we're going to have a lot more compliance, a lot more, uh, uh, a lot less, a lot less attrition. Kids are going to stay in sport. And if they stay long enough to reap the rewards of their efforts, they're going to see how good they can really get. The goal of a long-term athlete development program is to keep people engaged. Whether they take a high-performance path one day or not, it's, we don't know. And it, it doesn't really matter. If they do, awesome. One of the great spinoffs of a really good long-term progressive development program will be more high-performance athletes, period. That's how it works. We will have more high-performance athletes because we've had more people coming through the system, staying in a sport and really, really developing well. So that being said, everybody, the brain game, do we add it? Question number one. And if so, where does it rank in the crush priorities? Sleep, rest and recovery right now is number one. Nutrition, hydration is number two. Range of motion, posture alignment is number three. And then teaching movement. That's before you even talk about sport performance. That's before you even coach them one minute in, in a sport. And I say that kind of facetiously. I mean, these can all happen uh, together. It all has to happen together. So as we introduce a young athlete to a sport, we need to be sending those messages, the priorities. We need to be talking to them about that stuff. And they work hand in hand. And it's a beautiful thing when it comes together. We get a professional athlete who's 
uh, manage to get to the highest level of the game and, and actually have success there. And then you introduce some of these priorities that they've never really considered before. Well, listen, magic happens. That's where you take somebody who's incredibly good and you help them get even better. And there is nothing more fun than that. All right, listen, that's going to do it for today, everybody. That's my rant for the day. Um, please do write to me. What do you guys think about the brain game? And what do you think it should look like? I've got my ideas. Here's what we're going to do, okay? We're going to ride through July here, just talking about the important stories. But into August and September, going into the fall, we're going to set up an entire series of shows based on the brain game, okay? A lot of those shows are going to be based on the feedback and input you guys give us. What do you guys want to hear about? What do you need to know to justify the brain game as a crush top priority in sport? Let me know, and let's get to the bottom of it. All right? Again, crushperformance.com is the website. Info at crushperformance is the email. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Crush, and on Facebook, hey, message me. Uh, we're going to be posing this question on all of our social media platforms. Okay, there is a storm brewing in Crush Performance, and it is the addition of another top priority for human performance. We're gonna add something to the list, or maybe we don't. Maybe, maybe collectively we decide, no, the brain game is something that can happen after our top four priorities are taken care of. Let's see how it rolls out. All right, everybody, now listen. Um, let's keep our fingers crossed. Pro sports, if you guys are involved in getting out there playing sports, play safe. Um, if you're not, if you've been shut down, look for ways to get better. And if you need help with that, ask. Ask us. We're helping, we're helping athletes all over the world right now. Think of ways for them to get better. And it might just be a simple conversation. But I'll tell you what, in each one of those conversations that gets us thinking, oh man, or helps an athlete you know, think about what they need to do, gets us thinking too. Just a fantastic relationship. So uh, do get to us. All right. Get out there, get better, everybody. We'll talk to you next time right here on Crush Performance. Goodbye now. Don't forget to ride. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist, so thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.